Fire the cannon. 11 and 5, baby. And to make it even sweeter, we got the sweep on the Falcons. Matt from Morvin, Georgia here. And I'll be serving up cannon smoked dirty bird with extra salty victory gravy all day at work tomorrow, boys. Woohoo! Love seeing Mike break Randy Moss's record. That was absolutely gut wrenching to see him hyperextend that knee. Prayers to Mike for a speedy recovery. Lord knows he has earned the right to play in the playoffs. God, I hope he's going to be able to come back at least for a couple games. The offense seemed not to miss a beat though without him. Godwin went off. Antonio Brown looked good. Uh, Brady showed complete disrespect to the Falcons secondary and totally shredded them. I was glad to see him hit that 40 touchdown mark. That was pretty sweet. I wish Rojo could have hit his a thousand yards, but you know, after losing, after losing Mike, I don't, I don't blame anybody for, you know, not, not wanting to uh, risk losing Rojo too. I think that probably had something to do with it, but, uh, cause he was running hard when they had him in, but, uh, defense has got to step up in the playoffs. I know we were missing several key pieces today, but I just don't know how far we can go playing like this. I I did like seeing Sean Murphy Bunting, you know, uh, make that play and get the turnover right there toward the end. That was pretty sweet. But, uh, you know, hard fought, tough game against the Falcons team that wouldn't give up. But uh, I think I'll fire this mini can for the 11th time this year. Playoffs, baby. Go Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Bill Bar. Today's episode is brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will receive 20% off your next order. I am James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Would like to welcome in all new and returning listeners. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinched a playoff spot just over a week ago and on Sunday, They clinched the fifth seed in the NFC with the fourth best record after hitting 11 wins for just the third time in franchise history and the first time since 2005. As we always do on these Monday episodes, we are going to talk about what went down. But first, we have to recap how it all happened starting with the opening drive. Yeah, James, and that first drive of the game belonged to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the offense, which didn't put up a single point in the first half just two weeks ago against the Atlanta Falcons, took less than four minutes before Brady found wide receiver Chris Godwin on a 29-yard touchdown pass, giving the Bucs an early 7-0 lead over their NFC South rivals. Matt Ryan connected on his first possession with running back Brian Hill for a 26-yard pass play to get down to the Buccaneers' four-yard line. But Todd Bowles' unit was able to stand up, and Youngway Koo gave the Falcons their first points of the game with a 22-yard field goal midway through the first quarter. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans came into this weekend's game needing just 40 yards to make NFL history, and after having one catch on the first drive, he recorded two more, including this one. Get down in 10, Bucks move left to right. We head toward the south end zone. Ronald Jones is the running back, and he's on the right hip of Brady. Shotgun set, three receivers left, and here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath, caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history 
to record a thousand yards or more in his first seven seasons and what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Unfortunately, that celebration was short-lived as Evans looked to hyperextend his left knee on the very next play. Head coach Bruce Arians told media early medical says it's not a serious knee injury, but Evans' status for his very first career playoff game is certainly in jeopardy at this point. Something we'll be keeping an eye on moving forward. Possibly stunned at the sudden emotional turn of events, the Buccaneers offense stalled on that drive, resulting in a 28-yard field goal, giving Tampa Bay a 10-3 lead. The Buccaneers' defense came into this game missing linebackers Devin White and Shaquille Barrett, and Carlton Davis was also ruled out prior to the game, but they were still able to force the Falcons' offense off the field for a three and out, and the Buccaneers' offense rebounded from the loss of Evans to drive back down the field in just over two minutes, capping off their third straight scoring drive with a 25-yard touchdown strike from Brady to wide receiver Antonio Brown. Things didn't get much better for Ryan and the Falcons just yet as he and Brian Hill failed to connect on a handoff resulting in the first turnover of the game. Needed six yards, got 13. And the Falcons get a fresh set of downs at the 42-yard line. They're 42, moving right and trailing 17-3. to Ryan under center, <laughs> the snap, hands the ball off, and there's a collision in the backfield. Looked like there was an exchange problem. Fumble football. Antoine Winfield on the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Winfield with a recovered fumble, a scoop and score. Well, just before we came back, referee Alex Kemp has announced, Gene and Dave, that uh, Antoine Winfield was touched by the Falcon running back, Brian Hill, while recovering that fumble. So he's marked down at the 39, nullifying the touchdown. The good news is the Bucks do get the ball on the fumble, put the offense back on the field. Special thanks, as always, to Gene Deckerhoff and the Buccaneers Radio Network for that audio. Another player returning to the field in this week's action was Ronald Jones, but it was running back Leonard Fournette who got the only two carries of the drive following the fumble recovery in Tampa Bay, again settled for Ryan, for a Ryan suck-up field goal, extending the lead to 17 with under nine minutes remaining in the first half. Atlanta converted a fourth down on their fourth possession of the game on a pass from Matt Ryan to tight end Hayden Hurst. Originally called a touchdown, the play was overturned, but the Falcons still converted a first down and eventually did find a connection between Ryan and Hayden Hurst on a one-yard touchdown pass to draw within 10 points of the Bucks. Brady and his offense got the ball back up 10 points, knowing Atlanta would start the second half with the ball and less than two minutes remaining before halftime, looking to make the best of the time they had left. Brady drove his offense down the field, but Leonard Fournette's failure to get out of bounds with under a minute left in the half after receiving the ball cost Brady and the Bucks valuable play opportunities needing to sit that they needed to save due to the fact they had just one timeout left and were nearing scoring position. The Buccaneers were able to salvage a field goal, however, as Suckup made his third such kick of the half, giving the Buccaneers a 23-10 lead to close out the second quarter. The Falcons started off the second half the way they ended the first, and that was with a scoring drive. After receiving the kickoff, the Falcons started at their own 25-yard line, and Matt Ryan was able to hook up with Russell Gage on three consecutive plays for a quick 27 yards. A pass to Hayden Hurst on first and 10 was ruled incomplete after Antoine Winfield Jr. dislodged the ball, but Bucks coach Bruce Arians challenged the ruling, believing that it was a catch and fumble. The call was upheld, and four plays later, Ryan found Gage yet again, this time in the end zone for a touchdown, cutting the lead. Brady and the offense went back on the field, and receiver Chris Godwin started things off on a high note with a 46-yard catch and run to get the Bucks inside the Atlanta 30 on the first play. However, on third and 10, Brady found a crossing Scotty Miller who made a diving catch attempt, but the ball bounced into the air and was intercepted by Falcons defender Ricardo Allen. 
Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense then went back to the field with an opportunity to take the lead and had another long sustained drive. Bucks corner Jamel Dean aided the Falcons effort by committing defensive pass interference on fourth and two, giving Atlanta a first down. Despite the long 15-play drive lasting nearly seven minutes, the Falcons could only come away with another young way coup field goal, cutting the lead to 23-20. to The Bucs offense answered with a scoring drive of their own, where Brady went four of five, and running back Ronald Jones capped things off with a four-yard touchdown run, extending the Bucs' lead to 30-20. to Those pesky Falcons, though, would just not go away, as Bryant Hill sparked another big scoring drive, getting 62 yards on a run, on second and one that set up a one yard touchdown pass to Hayden Hurst on fourth and goal, cutting the lead back to just three points. That would mark the fourth consecutive possession by Atlanta that would lead to a score. Brady and the Bucks would start from their own 25 and would again look to answer facing third and 12 following a sack by Falcons edge edge rusher Dante Fowler. Brady found Chris Godwin for a 47-yard gain, giving the Bucs first and goal from the seven-yard line. Three plays later, it was Godwin again in the end zone. With the Bucs and Falcons trading scores, something had to give. Luckily for Bucs fans, it was the Falcons' offense giving the ball away. First down 10 from the Falcon 42-yard line. Here's the snap out of the gun, dropping Ryan, pass underneath, caught ball, but a tackle made immediately. The ball comes out. It comes out. The Bucs have recovered. Murphy Bunting got it. Sean Murphy Bunting knocks the ball out of the receiver's arms, and, and it's a Buccaneer fumble recovery. Yep. How about them Buccaneers? We lead 10 and have the ball. The Bucks would take over in Atlanta's 38-yard line with just over three minutes to play and they had an opportunity to put the game away. Running back Ronald Jones gained eight yards on a second down run. Then on third and two, the Bucs put the Falcons away for good. Shotgun formation. Brady need to reach the 28-yard line. Cameron Brady on the left edge, a tight end. Here's the snap. Brady looking, 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 flushed, looking. Throws a ball wide open receiver. It's caught by Antonio Brown. Flag thrown. Brown will score a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See what the flag's all about. Fire the cannons anyway. We got plenty of gunpowder. This is the season finale. Mission control, the cannon fire. The ball holding defense number yeah. 45. Fire the cannon. decline. The result of the play is a touchdown. Fire them. Fire them. <laughs> there you go. Fire the cannons indeed. AB's second score of the day put the Buccaneers up 44 to 27, and that's where things would end. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are officially the fifth seed in the NFC and will face the NFC East division winner, who, as of this recording, is unknown. It will either be the Washington football team or a rematch with the New York Giants following their big win over the Dallas Cowboys. The only thing better than the feeling you get when your team is in the playoffs is if you can win a little cash in the process. Luckily, you can do exactly that with our friends over at betonline.ag. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into the national championship, and there are some big NFL postseason matchups coming up. The NFL regular season is over, and the playoff picture is set in stone. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. 
wild card round frenzy. Ohio State and Alabama duking it out for the national championship in the NCAA. The NBA is in full swing and hockey is less than two weeks away. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. More from the regular season finale for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up in segment two of the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. you put money on the Buccaneers to win in Week 17, then you are probably a little happier than the Bucs fans who did not. The regular season is now over, and 2020 is mercifully over as well. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. James, something happened since our last episode was published. Uh, is it the fact that I did indeed bet on the Buccaneers to win minus the six and a half and bet on the Bucks and Falcons to hit the over of 51 and a half? Apparently, or I'm assuming you wouldn't be bringing it up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good bet. But something else happened, and that, of course, was this team getting hit by COVID. Of course, you guys already know Todd Bowles spent most of the week, if not all the week. I'm not sure if he returned for the walkthrough at the end of the week or not, to be honest with you. Uh, but he spent at least most of the week coaching from home, coaching from whatever isolated area he chose to be isolated in uh, for fear of COVID contact tracing. Um, Shaquille Barrett out for this game because of COVID contact tracing. Uh, Devin White out because of a positive test. And then Carlton Davis also out, but that's not COVID related. So I don't know why I brought it up. Um, but we weren't able to address all that, James, because of the timing of it. It came after we, we recorded our final episode of the week. But we did get a voicemail about it. So before we get deeper into this Tampa Bay Buccaneers win over the Atlanta Falcons, let's hear from our guy, Kevin, in West Virginia. What's up, James and David? It's Kevin. Uh, haven't chimed in in a minute. I'm still a very faithful listener. So thoroughly enjoy your show, most especially your even and measured take on all things Buccaneers and this great team. It's, you know, it's exciting. Hey, we're going back to the playoffs. Everyone is thrilled. Along with being thrilled, I think everyone's a little on edge. I'm calling you on Saturday, January 2nd, about 12, 15 hours after the terrible news about Devin White and Shaq Barrett and Steve McClendon. Listen, everybody needs to chill out. Everyone needs to relax. In November, my wife got some very bad news, and she's uniquely susceptible now to COVID. We have been abundantly cautious and very careful, despite all of our caution, despite all of our care. I've had to take her to an occupational health clinic to get tested twice, despite taking literally every conceivable measure possible to avoid it. COVID is everywhere. It's a fact of life. Every team is dealing with it. And Devin White is a fine young man who is going to be a truly exceptional player. I mean, every sign, every indicator suggests he's going to possibly be Hall of Fame caliber. So fans need to chill out. We have a very competent and capable backup. Everything is going to be fine. Enjoy the ride. We got a great team. Everything's going to be fine. Thanks for all you do. Kevin, thank you very much for the call. And of course, uh, you know, best wishes, thoughts, and prayers for your wife right now. Hopefully, everything turns out okay and, and everything on the home front is good with you guys. David, you know, I, I wasn't sure how big of an impact the the COVID issues would create in this particular game. We did see 
the middle of the field be rather vulnerable. We saw Brian Hill have a relatively good game running the football without Devin White. The pass rush, you know, they got a little bit of pressure on, on Matt Ryan. They did get one sack. But having Shaq Barrett on the field certainly does open things up for JPP. As we saw, he was virtually a non-factor in this game. So you, you definitely hope that these guys are, are available to play next week. Shaq Barrett should be fine. The big question is going to be Devin White. He's going to have to have a negative test, I believe, on Sunday morning. Take a private jet to the game to be able to play, and that is if the Bucs are even scheduled to play on Sunday. We don't know their schedule right now. So Devin White is very much in question because of the positive COVID test, but due to the timing, if it's a Sunday game, he would be eligible to play as long as he's not showing symptoms and he has the negative test requirements. Um, so, yeah, that not having Devin White for the playoffs to me is very concerning. Uh, maybe not as much going up against the Redskins or the Giants as it would be if they were facing the Seahawks or the Saints, but still concerning nonetheless to have your leader on the defense out for this game. Yeah, I mean, you want to have your your best 22. You want to have your best, you know, your best roster available, but especially your starting 11 on each side of the of the ball. And when you when you look at Devin White and, you know, the energy that he brings to the field, you obviously want him on there. And my apologies to Steve McClendon, who I left out of the prep uh, for that voicemail, but good good on Kevin for including him in there. And yeah, I mean, for, for week 17, you know, when I heard about this, I said, okay, for week 17, I, you know, it'll have an impact. And I think it did have an impact in today's game, but not so much to where the Buccaneers should have still lost this game. And, and they showed, and they, I mean, they won, you know, put up 44 points on their cap. The Falcons under 30 came out of that game uh, with a, with a win securely in hand. So obviously didn't make that big of an issue. And I know, or, or present that big of a problem. And I know a lot of people are looking at this NFC East matchup and saying, well, you know, if there, if there's gotta be a game to miss, it's this one. And I get that to uh, to a certain extent, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear that everybody involved is is t- they're taking all of these measures. You know, like you said, talking about you know commandeering the private plane and all that stuff. Those are things that if this was a regular season game, you know, honestly, if this was week 17, like they probably wouldn't go through all those steps. They probably would say, yeah, okay, unfortunately, he's gonna miss this game. But because it's a playoff game, they're putting that seriousness on it. And I mean, hey, look, it's just more of a reason that hopefully Bucks fans are out there you know, wishing for the Washington football team to win because that's a shorter flight for Devin to take. I mean, not much shorter. I think it's about an hour and a half difference um, from Reagan to, I imagine, JFK. But whatever it is, it's still a shorter flight, faster for Devin to get with his team, get with his teammates, get with his coaches, and get on board. And, hey, that hour and a half, you never know. An extra hour and a half of studying may find something that they wouldn't have found otherwise. So, yeah, Kevin, thanks for the voicemail on that. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to address that, like I said, in our week's schedule because it came out after our final episode of the week was published. Uh, but we got another call concerning this game specifically, James, and that's from Zach in Dallas. So let's go ahead and listen to that right now. What's up, guys? Zach from Dallas. Hadn't called in for a while because I've just been kind of sitting back and watching and hoping and praying. I will say I'm glad to see that the Bucks were able to put together a complete game instead of you know, two halves of the last two games, um, given, you know, last week it was all based on the backups in the second half. But still, good to see a complete game. I hope Mike Evans is okay. I'm, I'm awesome he got that record, but, you know, I, I would rather him to miss the record by, by one yard and still be healthy than I would him get the record and be hurt and possibly missing time. So, fingers crossed, that's not too bad. Obviously, wish the defense would have stepped up a little bit, but at the same time, you're missing two big playmakers in Shaq and, and 
Devin White. So you can't complain too much with that outcome. Great to see Brady and the offense firing on all cylinders, though. Um, gives me a lot of hope now that we are in playoff season. We're talking about playoffs. Playoffs? I'm glad to see we're firing all, all cylinders. Hopefully our defensive guys get back and then, you know, defense is short up, ready to go for week one of the playoffs. Playoffs? Hopefully Mike maybe just, you know, sprained his knee a little bit and then he'll be tender for a couple of days, but he'll be out there next week. Um, but <clears throat> love seeing the Bucks win. Fire those cannons, baby. Until next time. No Zach, thank you very much for the call. And yeah, I, I love to see what the offense did today, even without Mike Evans. I mean, Bradley Pinion did not punt today. And outside of, of that fluke interception that bounced up off of Scotty Miller's forearm and into the hands of Ricardo Allen, you know, the Buccaneers are coming away with scores on every single possession. So it, it's great to see them hitting their stride. You saw the connection getting stronger and stronger between Brady and Antonio Brown as the game went on. And David, I'm going to dive more into the Antonio Brown and the Mike Evans stuff tomorrow on my solo episode. So I'm not going to get into it right now. And of course, by then should have a little bit more information as to what the injury officially is and what his potential status will be. But I thought the offense played an absolutely phenomenal game. As far as a complete game, David, we had a kind of a disagreement about this off the air. But I don't think it was as complete of a game as you would have liked to have seen. But as you pointed out, as Zach pointed out, you're without your number one linebacker. You're without your number two edge rusher. You were without your number one corner. So the Bucks defense performed as well as I guess you would expect them to, missing leaders at all three levels of the defense. I just didn't like to see the Falcons score on four consecutive possessions and make this game a little closer in the fourth quarter than I would have liked to have seen. But all in all, it was a great game for the Bucs, and they did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, the, the phrase complete game is uh, an immeasurable phrase. You know what I mean? And it really just kind of depends on who you're talking to. And I think, uh, unfortunately, there's there's a lot of fans in, in the world, not just Buccaneers fans, just across you know all sports, really, that complete game means perfect game. Uh, to them and they won't give their teams credit for putting together a quote unquote complete game unless it's a perfect game for me it's did you win all three phases that's a to me that's a complete game is did you win all three phases against the opponent you were facing today because that's your mission at hand and, and as far as I'm concerned the Buccaneers offense outperformed the Falcons offense their defense outperformed the Falcons defense and their special teams outperformed the Falcons special teams ergo you've got a complete game that's how I see it look his defense held the Falcons to 27 points. You typically want to keep it an offense, an NFL offense under 20 if you can, but things kind of start to pile up that almost kind of open that window of where you need to keep your opponent under, right? You go back to that Super Bowl defense, and you remember they said, right, uh, every game they would come in and, and the defense look at the offense and say, give us this many points, we'll give you a win. And that's kind of what you're looking at here in the situation. You already just kind of chronicled it, right? You're missing your second best pass rusher, first best, you know, according to some people, you're missing your first, your best or second best off-ball linebacker at the same time. You're missing your best interior defensive lineman already. And then you're missing your second best interior defensive lineman who was brought in to replace the first guy. So now you're down to your number three interior defensive lineman. And you add on top of it, you're missing your best cover corner. And you were missing your defensive coordinator all game or all week. I think that allows you a seven-point bubble to that 20-point total or target that you're usually after. That's just me, though. So... As far as complete games are concerned, that's kind of a relative phrase. As far as Mike Evans' record and the injury, listen, when he brought down that pass for that record, I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I sent out a celebratory tweet. I was happy for Mike, super happy to see him get it. 
Uh, very happy to see the fans in the stadium giving him a standing ovation. Wish it was packed because you know that would have been amazing. Uh, happy to see the coaches on the side, like people taking time in the middle of this game to say, look, something really special just happened. Let's take a second to acknowledge it. You know what I mean? So I was very happy for him. The very next thought in my head was, does Mike stay in the game? And immediately I said to myself, if Tom Brady's in the game, Mike Evans in the game. No way you're pulling Mike if Tom's still out there because you if you're gonna if you're gonna have your 43 year old quarterback out there, you better give him his weapons. You know what I'm saying? So I said, okay, there's no way that he's coming out of this game. Of course, the injury happens. And yeah, a lot of people are probably gonna say, see, this is why you shouldn't have played him in the first place. And I'm not saying Zach, that's what you're necessarily saying, but revisionist history is perfect. You know what I'm saying? Hindsight is 2020, whatever cliche you want. At the end of the day, the decision was made. James, you and I have already been on record. We agree with the decision. A uh, hundred times out of a hundred times to do it again, I would support the same decision, and I'm sure that Mike would go out there. BA would put him out there, so we can we can cast blame all we want. And, and you know, those of you who said you shouldn't play Mike can can claim victory all you want, but really you're celebrating a grown man's injury. And to me, that's not something you should ever do. Uh, we already talked about the defensive struggle, so James, we got one more segment coming up. Unless you want to rebut about the defense, no, I'm all good. All right. Um, as always, James and I are going to revisit our predictions <laughs> and then give our best and worst nominees from week 17. After you're done listening to this, please head over to BucksNation.com. Vote for the best and the worst. We always put our nominees in there, and then there's a third one that I will throw in. On top of that, read James's pick six that he publishes every Monday morning, one of my favorite columns that I've been reading since I joined the Buccaneers beat. Of course, this is all possible. Thanks to sponsors of this show and the Locked On Podcast Network. Sponsors like Built Bar, who have 18 amazing flavors of the best protein bar you will ever taste. Some of these amazing flavors, lemon almond cheesecake, salted caramel, and toffee almond. The coconut bar, some people, I'm not really a big fan of coconut in like candy bar type forms, um, but some people will say that tastes like a mounds bar. So I'll, I'll let you try that and, and you can report your own reports for that if you agree or don't agree. Look, these protein bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're also soft and easy to chew. I prefer to throw mine in the refrigerator. Let them thaw out just a little bit. The flavor comes out and they're nice and firm, but they're also soft and easy to chew. My wife puts them in the freezer. She likes them a little bit more firm, but still easy to chew. Even out of the freezer, they're healthy, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for folks on the keto diet. And right now, guys, all you got to do is go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Segment three of the Locked On Bucks Victory Monday coming up. Wrapping things up here on a Victory Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David, it is time to dive into our bold prediction and score prediction recaps. We'll start with my bold prediction where it started with me saying a hat trick of Devin White sacks. That obviously did not happen. I also said that Tom Brady would have four passing touchdowns, one to Evans, one to Godwin, one to AB, one to Gronk. He did have four passing touchdowns, but two went to Godwin, two went to AB. I also said he would only have five incompletions. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. And I said that Mike Evans would get past that 1,000-yard mark in the first quarter. That did indeed happen. My final score prediction, honestly, I can't even remember. I think I said 31 to 20, something to that effect. Anyway, I was I was off. Yeah, uh, my score prediction was 30 to 20 because I stole part of yours and part of Bailey's. It was off, although the score was 30 to 20 for a period of time. And I almost tweeted a stop the count gif or tweet, but I decided not to. And then I predicted Ryan Suckup would have at least three kick tries, which I realize now is a little bit underselling. Um but he would make them all, and he did. He went eight for eight, five for five on extra points, and three for three on field goals, so we're good there. 
I then predicted that Mike Evans would also get his thousand yards, which he did. And I predicted that Rojo would get his thousand yards, which he would have if Byron left, which didn't hate me moving into the best and worst, James, uh, I'm going to, I'll kick it off this time. And I'm going to go with my worst just because I really want to make sure I snag with this one. And look, I don't want to be called a hater or anything like that guys, but it's Leonard Fournette. Okay. Look, you, you guys, if you've been listening to this show for a while, you already know that I was not really a fan of bringing Leonard Fournette on board in the first place. I didn't think it was gonna be like a cancer or anything like that. I just really didn't like what I saw of him on film. When I, when you look at the all 22 and how he runs, especially a dude of that size with the strength that he's demonstrated to have from time to time. I just really didn't like it. And then, I, you know, and, and granted, I said, look, if, if this coaching staff can get the best out of Leonard Fournette, then so be it. But, you know, it's going to be kind of one of those believe when you see it type of things. And something that I've noticed about Leonard Fournette is he either gets really pissed off because his team is losing or he's not getting involved. And that's when he decides to run with some moxie. Um, and then you kind of see the best out of Leonard Fournette. But when the game's going well or he's getting a lot of touches or he feels like he's involved in the process, I mean, guys, like the, the best way I can explain is he's soft. Like the, the guy backs into the, the line of scrimmage at the point of attack. He, he, he doesn't fall forward. He a lot of times is brought down by the first tackler. And then just add on to it today, the decision making. And it didn't come back to bite the team in the butt. And I'm happy that it didn't. Don't get me wrong. I don't wish it on them by any means. But near the end of the first half there, guys, the, the clock is ticking down. The team only has one timeout. And he, he gets the ball. He's running down the sideline trying to get some extra yards. And he chooses to stay in bounds and engage a defender. And not only does he choose to engage a defender, but he engages a defender that's much smaller than him. However, because he doesn't get any leverage to use his size as an advantage and as a weapon, he ends up getting tackled, falling backwards while he's being tackled inbound. So no positive gain in the play. But now the clock is ticking. They can't spend that time out because they want to hold it for the field goal. They burned probably two or three plays worth of time, all because Leonard Fournette chose the worst possible time in the middle of a game when you're trying to secure a fifth seed in the playoffs to decide he wanted to bully somebody. And he got bullied in the process. So Leonard Fournette's going to be my worst. Well, you took mine, and it's really hard to come up with another one because overall, you know, the Bucks played a, a really good game. And so I guess my my worst is going to be the Buccaneers third and fourth down defense. Mm-hmm. They, you know, when you and I were talking off the air, you had said they did a really good job of forcing the Falcons to third down, but then couldn't seem to get themselves off the field. On top of that, the Falcons were two for three on fourth down, including one conversion that was aided by a Jamel Dean defensive pass interference call, another fourth down where they scored a touchdown. So it, you know, the defense would play well, but then couldn't seem to find their way off the field when they would force the Falcons into difficult situations. So by process of elimination, since mine was actually going to be Leonard Fournette, um, I will go with the third and fourth down defense, not being able to find a way to get stops through much of the game. My best for this one, David, is going to be wide receiver Antonio Brown. Mike Evans went out. Antonio Brown stepped up big time. Tom Brady began to hyper-target him. You wonder if that was kind of part of the game plan where they wanted to get the two of them in some sort of rhythm if the Buccaneers have to play a playoff game without Mike Evans, and it's going to be the Godwin A.B. show. Antonio Brown led the team with 11 receptions, led the team with 138 receiving yards, just five more than Godwin got on six fewer receptions. Also had two big touchdowns for the team. So that gives Antonio Brown uh, four touchdowns in the last three games. He's really coming on strong at the end of the season. And like I said, I'm going to get more into the Antonio Brown signing slash Mike Evans situation on tomorrow's 
solo episode, but Antonio Brown is my best of the game. All right, so I'm going to counter your offensive best with my defensive best, and that's going to be Kevin Minter. And, and, you know, listen, when you're missing Devin White, that's obviously a huge loss, and I got it. It's the Atlanta Falcons, so they're not exactly world beaters. Uh, But I had some private conversations with some people over the weekend about the loss of Devin White, and I remember telling one of those those private messages specifically. I said, listen, at the end of the day, this honestly may be, especially against an Atlanta Falcons team, and you're talking regular season, right? This actually may be a net gain instead of a net loss. And, and And I say that because... When you look at the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan is not a guy who is just going to completely fall apart and crumble and panic because he sees Devin White screaming across the line of scrimmage at him play after play after play. Yes, those sacks would obviously help, and pressure is cumulative, right? But Matt Ryan is a guy who knows how to get rid of the ball. I know the middle of the defense was not the strongest part of it today, but where has Devin White struggled the most kind of in his career so far, and especially in the second season? A lot of times it's in that middle-of-the-field coverage. And even though sometimes when they when they completed some of these passes and maybe Kevin Minter – was out of position. I'm not going to say necessarily was until we get to see from the all 22 angles and all that stuff. But a lot of the times, even when Matt Ryan was able to complete things over the, the middle of the field, you saw Kevin Minter was there to at least make a play on the ball carrier or on the ball itself. So when you're talking about a backup linebacker, interior linebacker, replacing a guy like Devin White, I thought Kevin Minter stepped up and had a really good game. Nine combined tackles led the team, led the entire game. So you're talking about a backup off-ball linebacker replacing a guy that has you know some of the, some of the highest tackle numbers in the National Football League, led this game in tackles. Kevin Mincer, definitely one of the best parts of this game. All right, and David, final thoughts on uh, on the game and I guess kind of a little bit on the season. The Bucs went out there and they did their jobs. They finished the final quarter of the season 4-0, and wrapped up an 11-5 and record, wrapped up the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. Again, as of this recording, we don't know who the Bucks are playing because let's be honest, you and I are not going to wait up to record this show after Sunday night football. Um, but this is what you brought Tom Brady in to do. This is what you brought Gronk and Antonio Brown in to do. This is why you traded up to draft Tristan Wirfs. Brady finishes the season with 40 touchdown passes, only 12 interceptions. The Buccaneers averaged over 30 points per game, which is a franchise record. We talked about it last year. If if you cut, you know, the the turnovers down into a third of what they had last year, it's a playoff team. And that's exactly what they showed. They cut the turnovers way down this year. The defense stepped up. The offensive line played better. The quarterback play was fantastic. The receivers were great. Ronald Jones came into his own. You love to see the Bucs go into the playoffs on this kind of streak and really starting to click together on offense. We hope that Mike is okay. But if not, it looks like this offense will be good enough that if Mike has to sit out for one week, the Buccaneers offense can get it done without him. Hopefully you see Shaq and Devin White come back on defense, but the Bucs could be facing a very formidable pass rush in Washington. You hope that they have the weapons to get it done, but you got to be proud of this Buccaneers team in 2020. Yeah, I mean, you do. Listen, a lot of people were, were maybe expecting better, and at points in the season, it definitely didn't look uh, like this experiment or whatever you want to call it was going as well as as it maybe should have been. Uh, but there are, there are a lot of teams in the National Football League, and there's not a single one of them out there that's had a perfect season uh, from a record standpoint or from an execution standpoint. And uh, but, I, but I will tell you what, there are only a few franchises out there doing that is setting records, setting NFL records and setting franchise records. All right. So some of these teams out there who are going into the playoffs are not going into the playoffs with some of the some of the notches in their belt that this Buccaneer squad has in their belt. 
Uh, so that's a good thing to look forward to as you get into the deeper parts of January. Um, as far as this game specifically, look, I, what I want to point out is the fact that this team came out with really very little to play with. And I understand that a lot of fans wanted this team to face the NFC East team, but this team already had a playoff spot. You know you're going on the road. You're not hosting a playoff game in the, in the first round. Um, so that's already been sealed and booked and signed and delivered and all that stuff. We have seen this Buccaneers team come out in games and look uninspired, look lethargic, look unfocused. They came into this game with every excuse to be just that, especially on defense. Todd Bowles hasn't been in the building all week. You have every excuse. We're missing Carlton. We're missing Shaq. We're missing Devin. We're already missing Vita, and now we're missing Steve, and we're missing Todd. You had every excuse you wanted to write on the whiteboard to say, this is why we had a bad day this week. Don't worry about it for the future, and they didn't. They came out focused, firing, ready, and they won. They won a game in the National Football League, and that's hard to do, and that's accomplishment no matter what. And then my final, final thought, James? Playoffs. Love it, love it, love it. All right, with that, we are out of here. So please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure that you are sending in your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DHarris82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. And a big thank you to Matt Kevin and Zach for sending in your voicemails for this episode. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding Victory Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Box.